guys. Welcome to Wet Coasters uh, Sportscast. I'm Andrew, and this is my boy Porky. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you, man? Yeah, good. Thanks, man. Um, welcome to uh, episode two, week 19 here of the podcast. Um, we're just going to run through some teams. We're going to talk about the week that happened, the week ahead, and some uh, highlight any news in between. So, um, yeah, that being said, Porky, I'm, I'm going to kick it off. I'm going to we're gonna run downhill right here, okay? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start with the Canucks and we're gonna talk about Jim Benning. Right? How, how does that how does that sound to you? Sounds uh sounds good, buddy. Yeah, sounds like sounds a heated discussion. Controversial, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I guess the first thing now the first thing I want to talk about kind of is we we saw what happened in New York. Um, Jeff Gordon got got released. As soon as that happened, I was like, Porky's probably foaming at the mouth. Like, <laughs> do you, do you think he'd be a good fit in Vancouver? Absolutely. I, uh, yeah, I obviously I'm not a fan of Benning. I think Benning needs to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gordon you, definitely. You contributed yeah, I, to I, the I, banner above, above the city on a plane. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, Gordon, obviously his work that he did in New York and um, previously as an intern in Boston before that, um, he's proven that he's not afraid to make moves. Um, he doesn't get yeah. fleeced in trades. Um, you know, he just rebuilt the Rangers. Um, he doesn't overpay any aging bottom six forwards when his, uh, when his team's clearly in a, a retool, as we call it in the West coast. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a retool for about, you know, six years now, but yeah, that's, right. <laughs> yeah. that's funny you say that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've got, uh, uh, so I mean, Benning's been with us for eight years, right? Um, we've made the playoff twice, which is not crazy for a rebuild. Um, but he recently said that you know the team will be ready to compete in two years. I have a quote, actually. He, he also said, said that two years ago. He did say that two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> 20, 2019 or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, he said our core players uh, they still need to mature a bit yet. I think in two years' time, I think we're gonna. Uh, be real competitive and have a chance to compete for the cup it's bold um <laughs> but we have to keep building we have to keep adding young players so i mean i mean go ahead yeah it's not wrong and i mean the young guys that we've had come in this year um Grailvac, uh bonesy and rathbone there mm. and uh lynn those guys have i mean lynn is probably the lesser of the three but the first two that i mentioned have definitely um proven that they can potentially stick around next year um and i i'm really excited for bonesy that guy he he looks like a stud on d yeah having looks... him as uh having hughes as a first power play quarterback and you get that guy on the second quarterback unit yeah um i think that'd be a good uh one-two punch going in there yeah next agree. Year. green said I that he's that... he's likely to get some minutes on the power play uh yeah. soon yeah i think they need to roll with that for the remaining games um mm -hmm. and just see where that takes them yeah, it looks fun, man. Uh, Green Green also mentioned that he really liked how he's vocal on the ice. He's calling for the puck. He wants it on a stick, and he's really impressed from a young guy um, to have yep. that kind of confidence. So yep. th that's great yeah, he news. He looks really confident out there. Yeah, yeah. So so like you touched on there with Gordon, I mean, so uh, Erickson, Beagle, Sutter, okay? Those three names have been dangling over our heads for a long time. Yep. So Erickson's contract is $6 million. And uh, it takes up 9.26% of the cap hit. Uh, that'll be done in 22-23. Jay Beagle's 3 million, 4.6%, also done in 22-23. Uh, 
and Sutter 4.375 million, 5.9% uh, done in 21-22. So the th- my biggest concern is, like you said, overspending. Yeah. Right? So once I mean, those guys are done, we're going to have some space. For sure. And I mean, we didn't really get to see him, but Michael Furling could possibly be in that conversation as well. Right. Um, we still haven't seen the, him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the Beagle one, so Furlan will probably be on LTIR next year, which will free that up yeah. again, um, as it did this year. Beagles, right. um, there's talks that he might be on LTIR all of next year, so that okay. would free that up. As you said, Sutter is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, he, if he does get re-signed, it should be for around one and a half million. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't mind that. Um, one and a half, maybe two million max. Right. I mean, he's still serviceable on the penalty kill. Um, he can take face-offs on the third line. Um, I, if there is a time to do it, I don't know if they will, but Louis Erickson could be bought out this year. I think he's old three million, three million in uh, real dollars, um, or on his contract, and he's got a one yeah. million dollar um, signing bonus as well. So if they buy right. him out, they'll save eight hundred seventy-five thousand next year, mm. um, and that basically just defers to you know, twenty-two, twenty-three. They'll have a one million dollar hit on their cap. Yeah. Um, but uh, it would save a little bit going into next year. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. And um, that's why I think, you know, getting a guy like Jeff Gordon in might be huge. Now, I have I have no – I don't think Benning needs to go ASAP because I think he's done a decent job drafting. But I think in terms of signing um, free agents and uh, building up the back end, I, I don't know if he's fit for that. I don't know if he's capable of doing it well, spending the money wisely. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, I mean, trade deadline deals, right? There's been ample opportunities for him to trade out aging veterans and recoup some draft picks, which he's uh, failed to do miserably in his time here. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. He's going, there's been some decent trades where, you know, he's taken a flyer on players that are, you know, in their tw- early 20s. Um, I mean, none of them have really worked out, but uh, I mean, I guess you can't blame the guy for trying. But. Yeah. Yeah, at least with how good how good he is at drafting, I think he should have taken the picks and trusted his own uh, his own scouting team at that point. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, he's done a decent job drafting anyway. Uh, no, no real complaints there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, speaking of his draft picks, there could be a potential offer sheet um, for Elias Pettersson. There's talks now. Now these are talks; they happen every year. You know. Yeah. Um, we're probably wasting our breath talking about it, but maybe not. Well, yeah, there's a legend sitting in Detroit there with 48.95 million in available cap space next year. Steve Eiserman is probably licking his chops right now, waiting for (laughs) Pedersen to hit the market. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Seattle could take a crack at him. Yeah. Um, no pun intended there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah the other one the other name i mean montreal did it in 2019 they did i i don't i took a look at that um they only have 13.7 million in available cap space right now okay. they only have 15 contracts on the books so mm-hmm. i mean they probably won't be able to afford it unless they're able to move out the 10 and a half million that care carry price counts towards the cap right um, i'm not sure if they would even do that or entertain it but uh i think that's the only way that any that Montreal does it right I mean between Detroit and the Kraken those are two definite teams that could take a take a shot at them yeah and I mean maybe not even just just uh, maybe Montreal doesn't but the fact that they did 
you know, it was, it was only a couple of years ago, a few years ago now, maybe 2019, uh, Sebastian Ajo, it's a five-year, $42.27 million offer sheet. Yeah. So it doesn't happen often, but if it did, I mean, there's two ways of looking at it, I think. Uh, I, read, I read today, you know, one way is that, um, you know, some team could really, really offer him a shit ton of money and then that ha- handcuffs betting or Benning could sit back and just be like, well, thanks for doing my job for me. Um, yeah, yeah. I accept. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. And I mean, heaven forbid he ever let him go. I mean, if it is a lot of money, yeah. I don't know the exact package that comes back to you, but I think if it's over 10 million, you get like a ridiculous amount of first round picks. Right. Not that they should be in a position to want that right now, because I mean, that's your franchise player yeah. that fell to you at uh, is it number five or number six. Yeah, I think it's under 10 million. I should know this from my like NHL playing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> franchise mode. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, I know you're saying there are a load of uh, first rounders, but I think we've got to be, I mean, we've got to be past that. No, yeah. we've got to be Absolutely. signing him. Uh, maybe we get somewhere near the first round this year, actually. Yeah. Um, first overall. Yeah. Where are we in the race for that? Do you know? I didn't, I didn't uh, take a look. Um, uh, well, it's it's not. Uh, I mean, right now we're still behind Ottawa, but we have a bunch of games in hand. Yeah, I saw so that. Yeah, it all it all depends on how we do. I mean, we could still finish last in our division. Um, we could also still make the playoffs potentially if Bucks uh, <laughs> were to win all seven and Montreal were to lose both of theirs. Okay, then Vancouver would win the tiebreaker. Okay, so we got to go undefeated. Extremely, <laughs> extremely um, unlikely. They're not looking like an undefeated team. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, cool, man. So what about, uh, so on, on the 6th of May, I just want to touch on that quickly. So there was a, a glimpse of offense, you yeah, know. Some uh, secondary scoring showed up. Secondary, all right. Yeah, we won 6-3. Ten different players uh, had points. Um, Besser, Hamnick, Howlick, Hoglander, Gravick, Rathbone, Highmore, Miller, Pearson, Schmidt. I'll have points. Yep. That's pretty good. There's no, uh, there's no Horvat. There's definitely no P. Um, no, no, uh, no Pearson. Oh, there is Pearson. Sorry. Just kidding. But, yep. but still, I mean, you know, our captain missed it. Obviously there's no PD in the lineup. So that's, that's an impressive day. It's promising for sure. I mean, yeah. that's what you want to see going, you know, um, I mean, seeing Grail back and, you know, like we like we talked before about Bonesy there, having yeah. those guys contri- contribute, uh, it's definitely a, it's definitely a good sign. Um, it's too bad it didn't happen a little bit earlier. Injuries and our scheduling can probably be a little bit to blame, but uh, I, they still have uh, they still have quite a bit to do to fix that top six. Yeah, and I think next year with Pod um, Colson coming in, I think he could help with that on an yeah. entry level contract. Um, I mean, Hoaglander, he's still got two years on an entry-level contract. He's actually, I saw the stat the other day, I think he's tied five-on-five in points with Besser on the Canucks right now. Right. Yeah, yeah. that was before last game. I don't know if they either of them got any points five-on-five last game. Yeah. Um, but either way, yeah, um, that's pretty impressive for someone who's played three games. Uh, what did I yeah. have? He's got uh, three games, five shots one goal and plus three rating. So yeah, not bad right. for a 21 year old defenseman. 
Cool. So um, next thing I want to talk to you about is uh, the Kraken. I want to kind of go over what we have for potentials coming up, who you think, you know, Vancouver might lock down. Um, they're getting a little bit closer every day, every week. There's, you know, some new news. They've just laid down the slab in the, uh, in the arena to put the ice on. So it's a $1 billion arena and it's almost, it's almost complete. So yeah. Pretty exciting news for the, um, the rivalry there. Yeah. Uh, so, so what do you, what do you think? First, I want to ask your goalie. Who do you have? Any, do you have any goalies in mind that you think might, uh, might show up? Yeah. Um, honestly, I think, I mean, it kind of ties in with the Canucks as well, but I mean, I think Braden Holpe is going down there. I wanted mm. to save Vertanen beforehand, um, but obviously that's kind of up in the air right now. Probably not going to happen now. No, no I, I think his contract ends up getting terminated if anything comes out of this mm-hmm. or Bob. Um, but yeah, I think Braden Holpe is the uh, the guy. I, you know, from a Kraken standpoint, you know, he can get you up to the cap floor. He's got, you know, I think it's four point five million or four point two five million. Right. It's only for one year. Um, he's a veteran goalie. He's won a Stanley Cup. Um, I think it'd be a good fit for them down there. And I think. I mean, let's go ahead, sir. I think uh, from from a Canucks standpoint, obviously you're not protecting him because you have Demko, um, and. Yeah, I, I think it could actually help the Canucks to freeing up that cap space anyways. No, he's, he's a veteran goalie, and uh, I think he's a no-brainer. Well, no, I don't know. It depends on the management in Seattle, but uh, I, I could see him definitely being the backup goalie, I think. I don't know what that cap hit does to your salary, but uh, for starters, I have um, Chris Drieger in Florida. Yep. So he's 13-6-3 on the year with a 2.17 goal against average and uh, 0.923 save percentage so you know first glance you're like why the hell would florida let him go but unfortunately they can only uh, hold one goalie and uh sergey Bobrovsky has a no move clause so he has right. to be covered um, that's why markstrom wanted out of town or why we didn't sign markstrom is because he wanted a no move clause um and obviously we we're securing demco Another guy I, I've heard a lot, now he's not a goaltender, but Konstantin Altilov out of the KHL. Uh, he's a 23-year-old. He's got 49 points in 55 games, um, 18 goals in that time. And then uh, the last playoffs, he had 20 points in 23 games. So it's a point, impressive. Yeah, he's a point getter, almost point per game. Um, they can start signing those kind of free agents anytime now. Um, yeah, now that they made the final payment, they're allowed right. to. Yeah, Russians or college players, um, any European player, really, I guess. Yeah, and they can have trades in place. I mean, you can trade with non-playoff teams as well. Um, Mm. And I mean, even playoff teams can trade. They just can't take players and put them on the roster right now. Right, uh, you can have verbal agreements. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We want to talk about Canucks. We want to talk about Canucks. Uh, Who who do you think the Canucks are going to um, protect? in the upcoming expansion draft from the Seattle Kraken? I mean, obviously, so I, I think obviously they go seven, three, and one. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're protecting Demko, you're three defensemen, you're protecting um, Schmidt, Myers, and probably Yulevi. Um As for forwards, I think the uh, seven forwards, you obviously got Pedersen, you got JT Miller, Bo Horvat, um, Tanner Pearson, um, Brock Besser. Yeah. Um, after that, I think you're probably going Cole Lind. Hmm. Um, and the seventh one is kind of up for grabs. I mean, it was for Tannen. 
but obviously not Again, anymore. Probably not. And then maybe yeah. it wasn't maybe it wasn't even for Canon, but uh, I think yeah, yeah, I think it would have been probably well. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough to say. Yeah, I, I every year I want to I want to like root him on, you know, like come on, Jake, this is the year. And he yeah. has showed a little bit, you know, he's gotten a little bit better every year. Um, but yeah, uh, and just for everyone listening, um, Porky didn't say Quinn Hughes there because he's exempt from the uh, the draft, so he's protected automatically. Um, right. I remember we did that on purpose last year. We we played him for less than ten games or whatever it was, just to uh, or was it the year before? Sorry, year before. Yeah, year before. Yeah. Yeah. So he was on his rookie contract, which made him ineligible. And another name actually is Tyler Mott. That could be your seventh. Yeah. yeah. And actually, yeah. speaking of Tyler Mott, that guy um, just got nominated for the Bill Masterton Trophy. Right. I did. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Which is pretty cool. Um, obviously, he's spoken out about mental health and his struggles with it and how he's dealt with it, and he's been a big voice for that. And yeah, explain um, explain what just, that is there, Porky. The Bill Masterton Trophy. Um, recognizes perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey, um, right. which obviously Tyler Mott has shown with, um, you know, speaking out on mental health this year and his struggles with it and being a voice, um, a voice of the players um, and for, for the fans as well. Um, yeah. Make sure he just wants everybody to know that, um, you know, you're not alone and everybody deals with um, their stuff, how they do, right? right. I just, right. yeah, I'd like to congratulate him on getting nominated for that. Yeah, man, that's really good for him. Uh, really impressed. Uh, proud of him for stepping up like that. I mean, uh, especially in this day and age uh, with hockey talks and everything, you know, having a voice for your team is, is really important. So congrats for that. All right. So next up, the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Man, these guys are on fire. They're Absolutely. lighting it up. I've, I've actually loved watching them over the last little uh, week and a half specifically. Um, they they went they've since we've last spoke on the podcast they won all three of the games played, uh, Cleveland, L.A., San Antonio. Yeah, dropped forty one on Cleveland there on May fifth. Hundred forty one, yeah, absolute filth. Yeah, yeah, that is filthy, man. That's a lot of points to put up. Lillard's yeah. just been draining him from all over the court. Oh yeah, guys on fire. Uh, he's he's been in MVP form now. I don't think he'll win it, but he uh he's he's definitely jumped back in his form heading right into the playoffs um, yeah they've just taken sole possession of the sixth spot so they've got the tie break against memphis and la um yeah it's looking good they do have a tough schedule coming up i mean yeah obviously obviously um you know they're sitting right above the lakers there so they can't take they can't take their foot off the gas because i mean it's a reigning chance they can they can put it together at any time as well yeah um, you got the warriors and steph curry right behind the lakers so i mean i believe in the trailblazers but uh they i mean prior to the week that we just had they lost every game so i mean they just need to keep it going and keep in the form that they had last week and yeah keep draining keep draining buckets right yeah and and that defense you know that defense was was absent for a long time yeah, uh, and then they showed up, and um, you know it's been pretty good. They they allowed uh, 105, 101, 102. Um, not terrible. Better, much better than the week before. You know they were they were getting uh, 120, 130 points and still losing. Yeah, the week before. So uh, I actually wanted to touch on some of that because a lot of them were real close. Um, 
So on the 20th and the 21st, 23rd of April, they played the Clippers, Denver, and Memphis, uh, and they lost by, uh, they were one possession games, a uh, couple, couple one points, and I think one two point games. So um, I, I, you got to ask yourself now, what, what kind of difference would it have made if they're fans? Because yeah. they're, they're back now and the boys love it. Yeah. You can see yeah, it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it definitely makes a, makes a difference um, in any sport, right? Having the fans there. Um, it's just momentum, right? Um, yeah. Which is one of the things that the Canadian teams are talking about. Uh, because obviously coming to, or once they go into the semifinals and the Stanley Cup finals, they'll probably have to play their games all down south because they won't mm-hmm. be able to do any cross-border. And they're, um, I mean, right. those teams are going to have their fans there um, and the Canadian teams won't. So, That's I mean, true. do you, when Is it's it? a Canadian team's home game, do you do an empty arena um, or do <laughs> you do an empty arena throughout it all? Or, That's a really good point. I actually never yeah. thought about that. It'd be a yeah. home game every night. Yeah. Unless you don't play in either either team's home arena. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. It'd be interesting to see what they do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so yeah, so yeah, having fans has, has played and did you see I put it up on Instagram there, the guys dancing and stuff heading into welcoming the fans or fans welcoming welcoming them. It looked like they're having a good time. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yusuf Nurkic especially. Um, you know. The Bosnian beast. He's <laughs> since this is his first time playing in front of fans. I think what was it, 753 days or something like that since yeah. he broke broke his leg. Yeah. Um, so it was a long time coming for him. He missed it. Uh, and he showed it, man. He's played, he's played some of the best basketball uh in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um he was averaging 15.6 points, uh, 10.4 rebounds. Uh, before the injury um, in the bubble, he averaged 17.6 points, 10.3 rebounds and two blocks. So, um, you know, so that, that's impressive numbers for him. Those are uh, career highs almost. Um, when he's on the floor, teams score 10 points less per hundred possessions. That's impressive. So that says it right there. You know, they shoot 14% worse. Yeah. So you know, it's not that he's he's not the best defender, but but other teams obviously struggle when he's when he's on the court. Yeah. Uh, so that's really that's huge, uh, especially now heading into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. A team like the Blazers are going to need that. Um, you know, their defense hasn't been perfect. Um, they kind of they kind of lack a um, a point of attack defenders. You know, someone who really gets up in the guy's face. Um, kind of been a revolving door in perimeter defense. But right. um, I think uh, I think they've shown signs of, of of promise. So no, like you said, I think they just need to um, keep the defense up. Obviously, their offense has not been the problem lately. Yeah, um, but they yeah no, they just need to keep up with the defense and keep their foot on the gas pedal. And I don't think they'll have any problems um, making it past the uh, playing series. Clinching yeah. that uh, sixth spot. Yeah. So that's that's what's so fifth and sixth is actually up for grabs this week. Um, right. They have a better chance ending up um, in round one if they finish up six. I, I believe they they would play the Clippers if all things fall into into line. So if they okay. if they if they land in the fifth spot, then they might uh, they might have to take on Denver, which um, 
uh, Nikola Jokic is the uh, probably the guy that's getting MVP this year. So right. that would not be an ideal uh, first round matchup. No. Uh, but yeah, they also they they had like you said a tough schedule, tough end. Uh, they have four games remaining. One tonight, and then three more. Uh, they'll have played five and seven nights. So. Right. And then the teams they're playing up against, you know, Utah's in first in the West, Phoenix is second, Denver's fourth. So yeah, uh, it is, it is a tough grind, like you said, but, but the, by the way, they've been playing, man, I, I think they have a, they have a good shot at cracking that six spot. Yeah, I, I think you're right. All right. So next up, uh, I've been waiting all week for this Porky. Um, I want to talk to you about the Seahawks. I want to talk to you about their draft picks. Uh, I want your opinion. I want, uh, I want to know what the rave's all about, so let me have it. All right. I mean, the Seahawks got a lot of slack going into this draft, obviously. Um, they only had three picks, mm. which, I mean, I get where people are coming from when they say that. But uh, I think people quickly lose sight of the trades that they made. Um, obviously, our first-round pick, you could say, was obviously um, Adams. Um, and we all saw him last year and what he can do. Um, he'll be back this year. Um, his contract situation is up in the air, um, but that's obviously something that will be a priority. He, he is under contract for this year. He said he'll play under it, so um, that's a good sign. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it is a priority for the Seahawks to extend him, um, whether that's before the season, during the season, or after. Um, I think it is one of their top priorities. You don't give up that much draft capital without uh, without bringing him back, right? Right. Um, and then, obviously, before the draft, our fifth-round pick was a uh, trade for Gabe Jackson. He's yeah. um, a seven-year veteran. He played all 16 games last season. Um, he didn't allow one sack when he was playing last year. Um, so, I mean, when you can get a for-sure guy with your fifth-round pick, um, I think that's a smart move. Um, there, Especially this year going into this season, in this draft, there wasn't a lot of um, – or there wasn't as much as normally, like um, as much information as normal on the guys that were in the draft because of COVID um, and the limited amount of games that they played. Um, I mean, you take a look at after the draft, the Seahawks signed a plethora of um, undrafted free agents as well, um, which I'll touch on a couple of them later on. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think their their whole game plan going into this year, I think they did it properly. just based on the information that you could say they didn't have about guys this this season. Um, but we'll start with our first pick. Round It was in round number two, pick 56, Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver out of Western Michigan. Mm-hmm. He's 5'9", 190 pounds. Um, yeah. he's, he's been compared to possibly the next Tyreek Hill. Um, and I think you're going to have a great three wide out set with um, – Having him in between Lockett and DK Metcalf, I don't yeah. know if it's DK, but um, you know he's labeled as that having electrifying speed. Um, it was four point four in the forty yard dash at Pro Day. Um, yeah, he had eighteen TDs in his final year um, in Western Michigan, eighteen and a half yards per reception um, in his whole college career, and twenty seven and a half yards per kick return. Um, I think the Seahawks will be using him on returns as well. Um, and then when they do run three wide out sets, um, I think it'll be beneficial. They like doing, there. Yeah. yeah, they like doing that. And it'll be, I said, probably, I said this last week too, the three fastest in the league. 
Absolutely. Um, DK just DK just ran uh, ran for the Olympics. Was yeah. that yesterday or whatever? Ten point three six, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. He didn't qualify, but sure. Look, he, he's a he's a big guy. So that's, that's... Dwayne Eskridge actually said um, he said he's like I'm faster than DK Metcalf. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nice. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else on him? I just, I have a quote from uh, Schneider. I just wanted to read. Nope. Yeah. So we've got him. He says, uh, we had to get back to finding that level of toughness and grit and confidence in Dwayne uh, and Dwayne totally exudes that. Uh, he's a 10.5 second, 100 meter guy, Mr. Track in the state of Indiana. He's overcome a lot. He's competitive. He's super tough. Uh, you could see him playing gunner. You could see him returning kickoffs. The way that he went down to the senior bowl too and competed after only playing six games this year, uh, you could see the power and the toughness. Um, so as for what he could do on the field, uh, Schneider said he's he's just an exciting and explosive player. All you have to do is put up, pull up YouTube and watch some videos. So, Absolutely. And that's so true, man. I, I did that and the guy looks good. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped on him. Um, there's a lot of people that gave them um, a little bit of slack for not going after an O-lineman there. Um, yeah. But, I mean, this draft was so deep in O-lineman. They got it later on. In the um, sixth, yeah. And, and, I, and trading the fifth-line pick for, for Jackson, like we said. Um, you know, they did address those needs. The draft was deep enough to wait for it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I, I think they hit a home run with uh, Dwayne Eskridge. Now you have, you know, three wide receivers that are young, fast, and hungry for the ball. Yeah. You have Russell Wilson ready to cook. Yeah. You so. said that you called it. You called it. You said the first time we spoke two weeks ago now that uh, they were going to take a wide, a wide out first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nice one. All right. So our second pick that we took, uh, round four, pick 137, Trey Brown, cornerback out of Oklahoma. I like this pick a lot. We needed to address our secondary. Um he had the lowest passer rating allowed in coverage in the 2021 draft class at 26.9. Um, you know, Carroll says he will compete on the outside. I'm not sure if he's a little small for that. I don't know if he can contend with the way, you know, with the Hopkins and the Julios of the world. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can. Um, I, I think he should be used more on the inside. Um, but I mean, Carol, Carol wants to give him every opportunity. This guy has speed as well. Um, huge closing speed, 4.42 yard, uh, 40 yard dash. Um, and if you watch him chase down, if you watch his clips and he's chasing down those guys, uh, his closing speed is um, second to none. Um, I, I think he'll, I think he'll make a, a good career in the NFL. Um, I just don't know if it's on the outside against the, the tallest of uh, the receivers out there. Yeah, fair enough. I, uh, I, I like the pick as well. Um, and again. Just got a Schneider. I pulled up some Schneider quotes for all three guys. So, yeah. uh, Andre Brown, he says, you're talking about an extremely tough, aggressive, very, very confident individual. Uh, if he's six foot one, six, or if he's six foot six foot six one, he's top 10 pick. Uh, we haven't necessarily gotten away from big corners, uh, but this guy, he plays big. So, we're excited about him. Absolutely. So, yeah. And then, and then, like, I bet, I bet on, I bet on this one earlier, but look, they said, they said uh, they're surprised they're still around. I think the the, um, the six rounder story. We're talking. I'm talking. I've moved on now. Storm Forsyth. Yeah. Uh, they traded up for him. They they thought they're surprised he was still there. Yeah. So round six, pick two hundred eight. Steve Stone Forsyth, offensive tackle out of Florida. 
He's 6'8", 310 pounds. Mm. Um, prior to the draft, Bleacher Report had him in the first or second round. Right. Um, a lot of other ones had him in the middle rounds. Um, I think it's probably the steal of the draft for the Seahawks. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that goes back to taking the wide receiver in the first round because this guy fell to them in the, in the sixth round. They had to trade up a couple spots with Tampa to get him. It wasn't much. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did trade up a couple because they didn't want they didn't want to lose him anymore, right? Um, okay. Russell Wilson actually tweeted out right after, and it was uh, it was the uh, the Rock, and you know, um, what was it like? Are you ready to cook? Or yeah, <laughs> along nice. those lines. Russ cool. was hyped. That yeah, Russ was hyped after um, after they drafted this guy, and I think that's uh, that's huge for for them in general. I mean, out of the two picks, they they gave Russ two weapons now, um, mm. one to protect him and one one downfield. So, I mean, if he wasn't happy before the draft, he should be after. <laughs> right. Also, their uh, their UDFA class, um, the Canadian Pierre Oliver or Olivier Lestage. I'm not sure if I said his name right. <laughs> yeah, it's a mouthful. Yeah, he's out of the University of Montreal. Another um, offensive tackle. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he pans out. I love when my Canadian boys go down south to Seattle. Mm. Um, loved when Luke Wilson was there. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be good to get some Canadian blood down there. Cool. Um, two other names that uh, that I'm going to watch this training camp. Cade Johnson, wide receiver out of South Dakota State. Did 72 receptions for 1,222 yards and eight TDs last year. Um, he's... Um, I think he's got the potential to be able to make it. I don't know if it'll be this season. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll, he'll basically be probably competing with Freddie Swain for that yeah. fourth spot. Um, but I think regardless, he ends up with a spot on the on the practice roster. Um, and keeping with the last name here, a running back out of Louisiana, Josh Johnson, um, Louisiana Monroe. He had 12, he rushed for, for 12, uh, 1,200 yards and 11 TDs last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so keep an eye on him. The Seahawks have a crowded running back room, um, but this guy, he uh, he he only wanted to be a Seahawk. He was a huge Alexander fan growing up. Watched the Seahawks growing up. He told his agent, he's like, I don't want to go anywhere but Seattle. Nice. Um, so to get a guy like that that That's that huge. wants to be there and wants to succeed there, I think could pay pay off huge for the for the Seahawks. I think that was a good free agent signing. All right, so uh, for Seattle Mariners, we're just gonna we're gonna break down their week that happened, week uh, week ahead. Um, they went three and two on on the last week. Uh, next week, uh, from the 11th to the 16th, they've got a series Cleveland. Um, uh, sorry, they finish up two games in LA and they come back versus Cleveland. Yeah. Um, as for the Whitecaps, uh, they played on May 8th versus Montreal. They won two nothing. Uh, so that was a pretty exciting game. Uh, what was even more exciting for me on May 9th, Seattle versus Portland. Uh, I had a, I had a bet on that to finish up my, my trebles for the week. And um, I hit it in the 94th minute. Unreal. I was fist pumping. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was, yeah. that was brilliant. I messaged you right away. Oh yeah. 90 no, that's plus a, that's four. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crushed it. So that was great. Um, not so, not so good news for Portland. Um, but yeah, so Seattle took that one, uh, two, two to one. Um, in other news, uh, we, we we had that emergency broadcast for the uh, the the scrum and 
and all the fines and lack thereof and or lack of suspensions or whatever in uh, New York. Um, so I wanted to touch on that with you. Um, now, Andrew and I were convinced, you know, we thought there should have been a harsher penalty. Uh, Kevin BX had disagreed. Sean Avery disagreed. <laughs> uh, but uh, specifically speaking of Kevin BX here now, what do you think, Porky? He, he mentioned that he'd been in tougher pillow fights um, and that he doesn't think, you know, he thinks there's a, there's a level of toughness just because your name is Panarin or uh, Bushnevich, you're not, um, you're not free from the scrums. You know, if you get in there, what do you say? If you jump, if you jump on a guy's back, like a little monkey man or whatever, then, you know, yeah, he did. I mean, I and love, he did. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I love, I love hearing his opinions on, uh, on these types of things. And I actually listened to another one that uh, he did on Sportsnet um, after the, uh, the, the pillow fight reaction. Um, mm. He retracted a little bit. I mean, he still doesn't think that, uh, that a, a suspension was warranted. Um, but yeah. uh, he definitely thinks that as, you know, being Tom Wilson, you're an enforcer. Um, you, you have to realize when, you know, you're, you're fighting a superstar, you, um, you have to let up a little bit and, you know, BX actually mentioned a time where he fought, um, I forget who it was, but he brought up fighting a star and he realized who it was and he let up a little bit. And then after the fight, he kind of gave him a little tap and said, you know, nice work, good job. Mm -hmm. um, but when you're, when you're in those types of situations, like, you know, you can't grab a guy and, and pull him down to the ice like that. Um, right. Especially a, a superstar in the league. Um, yeah. You, you need those guys to sell tickets because I mean, as much as people love seeing people fight, um, you're not going to sell tickets unless people are scoring as well. So, right. Um, um, I think it could have been a lot worse, obviously, if there was a pile of blood on the ice or, you know, could have looked um, a lot if worse. Stretcher, yeah. If the stretcher had to come out. Uh, and I mean, he was very close to, to having that situation happen. I mean, it, it could have easily happened. Right. Um, yeah. I, I think, uh, if that, and if that's the case, then, you know, Wilson's getting a, a lot more discipline. And I mean, it's only as simple as, when he's pulling him down, if he, if he hits a skate or if he, um, you know, something along those lines happens and um, he put it, he put Panarin in danger of, of mm. something like that happening. Um, and I think that's where, you know, maybe a couple of games should have been warranted. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't think it should have been crazy, but uh, I, I think a couple of games were warranted for sure. Just for intent. Um, I think there was some intent danger there. I know he came out and said afterwards that it wasn't, and he was just right. in the heat of the moment. But yeah, uh, he checked up on Perrin as well. Um, yeah. After you know, after he took a bunch yeah. of heat for it, so I don't know if he would have done that if he didn't, if there wasn't such a media out or. Um, but, anyways, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm still sticking with my guns. I, I'm with you. I think there should have been a suspension, but I also agree with BX at the same point. You know, he he made the point that um. You have to have you have to have someone on your team. You know, yeah. would, would, would Wilson have done that if there was a Sean Avery on the other side waiting for him to come out of the penalty box? Yeah, probably not. Maybe. Or maybe he would have thought twice. Uh, yeah. But, th but that being said, the, the enforcer is leaving the game. I mean, you have to – this in today's NHL, you have to be able to um, back it up with some, with some offense. You can't – Yeah. you know, days of coming out and just being the fighter are pretty much dead. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and Wilson does that. So does Reeves and uh, – in, in Vegas, you know, Marshawn, he's a shining example. Uh, as much as I hate him, he's the best yeah. to do it. You know? Yeah. So, 
Yeah. All right. Cool, man. So next, uh, lastly, let's, I kind of just want to talk about predictions. We'll just talk about some predictions for next week. Um, you know, well, what do you think that the teams, how the teams will, will do uh, with their schedules? I know the Canucks and the Blazers especially have um, packed uh, tough schedules. So we'll, we'll start yeah. off with the Canucks. What do you think? I'm going one and three. I don't, uh, I don't Master. see them winning too many games to uh, close. Is that because I told you here. that? No, that's, <laughs> that's what I had. Um, you know, where I, yeah, Winnipeg, they'll probably beat them. I could see them maybe taking the game in a game in Calgary. Um, I don't see them taking a game in Edmonton. And then, yeah, they play Calgary twice. So, uh, you stole yeah, my notes. I, I, maybe, maybe one in Calgary, but uh, I, I could also see them going 0 and 4 as well. Right. That man. Okay. I'm, I, I shouldn't say anything. I don't have to say anything. You stole exactly. <laughs> that's what I have here. Exactly. Word for word. Every yeah. last minute of that, maybe one in Calgary, probably not Edmonton. Wouldn't be surprised if they went 0 4. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, cool. How about the trailblazers? Uh, trailblazers. I have two and one. Um, they've been hot, but uh, yeah, I, I think maybe if they were to lose one, probably Utah. And then maybe, you know, beating Phoenix and Denver, um, hopefully. Um, yeah, that's what I got for the Blazers. Yeah, I got two and one as well. I think they're rolling. Um, I think they're going to put up a real good fight. I think they have a lot more to lose uh, than the other three teams they play. Um, but that being said, it is tough. First, second, and fourth in the West. So um, they'll, they'll have to pull up their socks. They'll have to show up. They'll have to... Um, you know, really keep up what they've been doing. Uh, I think they will. I think I, I see a two and one as well. Yeah. If not three and oh, I'd love to say a three and oh because it's been so much yeah. fun to watch. But I mean, then that would be six and oh. And, <laughs> well, I, that would be six and oh since the last time. Then, Actually, well, well depends he, what happens tonight. Yeah. tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so hey, I love the next time I talk to you guys, I want to say seven and oh headed into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In the last seven games. Yeah. Um, Cool. Uh, the last one I took, I just took note of uh, the Whitecaps. I think they have two games next week. Uh, yep. Yeah. They Minnesota, Minnesota and uh, Casey. So I, when, I have Wednesday and Saturday, I think. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm going to be optimistic. I mean, uh, I losing the this either probably one wouldn't be uh, far stretched, but I'm going to I'm going to say one oh and one. I'll say they'll come out with a tie. And tie even, okay. Mm -hmm. I, I have one and one. Yeah, yeah. One, one and oh. Yeah, yeah, I, you know what, I I thought I'd I'd roll the dice on it. I, those games like that close, I mean, odds are they'll probably get blown out one. Yeah. But uh, sure, maybe they'll put up a fight. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Um, Porky, that was brilliant. I uh, can't wait to do this again. And uh, for everyone, if you're if you're listening, check us out. Wet Coasters SC on uh, Spotify, Google uh, Podcasts, or any social media platform. Um, thanks again. So.